Welcome to Trends with Benefits, real estate investing with Dale Creed Francis and Ryan Litvin. We strive to bring an open, honest, and transparent approach to real estate investing by informing and educating listeners about the real-world benefits, issues, and challenges investors need to know when it comes to direct participation real estate. This podcast is where you can learn the latest trends, innovations, and opportunities available to help build wealth, create income, and diversify your portfolio. So get ready for another informative, fast-paced, and entertaining episode of Trends with Benefits. Welcome back, everybody, to the Trends with Benefits podcast. I'm Dale Creed Francis with Ryan Litvin. And after that opening, Ryan, I'm not sure there's anything else to cover. I mean, you know, that's a pretty – no, just kidding. We actually have uh, – I'm, I'm very, very excited about the, the data, the research study that we are going to cover to bring this info to you today in this podcast because this is, this is what we use, this along with lots of other research studies, to make crucial decisions about whether we do a development or where we do the developments, or whether we don't do the development. And so, and you can always join our newsletter. It's free. That's called Trends with Benefits, the Dirt Newsletter. You can go to our website, trendswithbenefitspodcast.com, and uh, under resources there, you can join the newsletter. And then we always tie those together with the podcast. And in that, you're going to read a lot more than what we're going to be covering in just this podcast. But there's an organization called the Itasca Project. And we'll be covering what they came up with, what they d discovered, and why they do what they do. And we cover it because really the masses don't usually see this type of stuff, Ryan. You know, th this report, this study was done, and then I know it's out there here and there, but not a lot of coverage. The Min uh, Minneapolis St. Paul Business Journal did a story on it, but that's subscription only. And so, and I'll remind you that none of this has any impact, positive or negative, for our uh, data center, edge data center division. This is this is going to have to do with housing, multifamily housing, assisted living, and so on. And so, let's get rolling. I'm going to ask you this question. Are your eyes deceiving you? Are your eyes deceiving you? Well, I, I, I'm going to give you a common viewpoint of the general public that doesn't have access to research studies like what we're going to cover. Here's what someone might say. The apartment and senior living sectors must be overbuilt. I mean, just look at all the new buildings as you drive around the suburbs. There's just no way we have enough demand for all these units. Or do we? Well, see, that's the topic that can once again serve as a keen reminder that it's impossible to know what you don't know, because according to this new research study, the Twin Cities region needs, get this, 18,000 new housing units annually just to meet the demand. And to equate that to something, we're going to, as we go forward, we'll equate that to what that means because, you know, maybe many don't know. Is that a lot or is that not very many? That's, that's a lot. That's a lot in our business. That's a lot in our minds. So let's forget about all the new developments you see while driving around the Twin Cities communities because regardless of them, we're still running very short. Well, a lot of that comes down to, you know, what it takes to put that many housing units into play, right? You look at, you know, one of our new buildings that we're doing uh, in Burnsville. It's 130 units. Right. That's 130 units. That's nowhere close to 18,000, and that's one building. Right. You know, you times that by 
10 and how many units do you have, right? I mean, you're still not even touching. Do you want me to do that math? Because that's, that's. Yeah, would you do it for me? I think it's around 1,300. <laughs> so <laughs> if you, not around, it's exactly that. So you'd have to take times 100 to get to 13,000 and you're still not there. And you're still short. That's a lot of, lot of housing units. And that demand is there. And that's what the Itasca project has uncovered. Uh, and that is something that will be a struggle to meet the demand. I mean, I think, you know, that represents somewhere in the neighborhood of a 30% increase year over year of what has been done from 2010 to 2020 with the existing buildings and housing units that you see. Right. So when you run a deficit for a number of years, you don't just uh, it, it, it's it adds to the issue of trying to catch up. Because you you run those that thirty percent now now we're talking about needing to do the just you know just to catch up with that now you have to add to the new because of the ever increasing demand and let me just explain for a second who the Tasca project is so people know it's a local organization that's comprised of over seventy Twin Cities business leaders and they collaborate on solving regional issues. Its new report on metro area housing needs identifies strategies like public land acquisitions to lower the costs and increase housing production with a goal of creating 18,000 new units of housing annually in the region until at least 2030. Now, the the co-chair for the Itasca's housing team, Colin Barr, said, as much as people might want to migrate, to work for one of the great companies or businesses we have in the Minneapolis-St. Paul metro area, if they can't get housing, they're not going to come. Well, and therein lies the problem, too, is what land, you know, is available in the areas where people want to live. There's, you know, there's vacant land and there's land that can be developed and we'll call it raw dirt uh, that is around the suburbs. But there's also a lot of underutilized or not utilized land that is going to be a collaborative effort between developers and cities to figure out where and what can be done together to help in each of these communities to meet that demand. So they're saying that the Itasca Project's housing team, with help from the Federal Reserve Bank of Minneapolis, set the goal of developing 18,000 new units of housing annually in the region from 2020 to 2030 to help solve the shortage. Now, Let's compare that because Twin Cities developers rarely hit that mark. And being in that business, we know that. According to the report, housing production from 2011 to 2018 fell far short of the 18,000 each year. Back to the point of not only trying to keep up with your current new demand, but now making up for deficits. Well, it's going to take a collaborative effort of developers as well. We can't do that alone. <laughs> and uh, no one developer can alone. Yeah, especially when you're evaluating and doing, you know, projects that, uh, you know, have the best chance for success and meet the metrics that each one has developed, you know, each developer has developed internally and, and what works for their model. Um, and also, again, like I said it earlier, is working with the cities and, and really having a, a game plan and a, a team mindset going forward to do this. Uh, and that's, again, we're just talking about the Twin Cities market, which is our backyard. We're based in Eden Prairie. So um, it's exciting. Um, it's a little daunting, but it's at the same time something that, you know, we have to set out to accomplish and to help meet that demand because that will help the state in general as well. 
again, like Colin said, bring jobs here, people that want to move here, but they need the right housing options. Right. And we constantly get requests for us to develop in other areas. Colorado, Texas, Florida, name it, honestly. But over the last several years, we look at that and we see we've seen no reason to stray because the Twin Cities area continuously year after year ranks in the top one to three of rent increases, low vacancy. Now, you know, again, the need for these new units at drives that the demand here drives that and so we look at this area and go why would we leave it and now a new study another one comes out and says look you can continue to build and build and build and this demand is here it is and i mean the state's got a very historically low unemployment rate as it sits and they need to continue to you know to to hire and to bring new employees so again providing that housing is something that uh that is important to the state. It's important to us. Uh, and again, you know, speaking to that, you know, going national or regional to other areas, as one of the you know Midwest larger developers, it just doesn't interest me. And I don't want to speak for you, Dale, but it, we've had the conversation. It doesn't interest us to chase other deals in other areas when you've got such a a strong economic foundation and a strong need and a a, a very large need right here locally in Minnesota. Uh, and I grew up in Minnesota. I live in Minnesota, and and uh, I love Minnesota. It's important to me to do that work here and to help meet that demand here locally. If and when the need arises to to do that, we of course will do that again because we've done it in the past. But for the last, I don't know, what's been now eight plus years or so, there's been no need to. The, it's just the strongest. One of the strongest, if not the strongest, market in the in the entire country is right here in our own backyard. It's tempting, you know. It's always tempting to to look at that, but every time we do, it brings us right back to the strongest area. That's why there are investors in our projects from all over the country. They they might be in a strong market too, but to diversify for them, it, it looks good to go to an area as strong as the Twin Cities area. Well, and it's more tempting, I think, in January and February, right? Because then, you know, well, we got to go explore other areas that are maybe warmer or, you know, have green uh, in their uh, in the grass. But <laughs> hey, uh, that'll all change come March that's right. and April, right? Yeah, a couple more more feet of melting snow, and we'll it'll be it'll start being green again. So, mm-hmm. but let's say just think about this as a kind of a closing thought. Even with a the great need for housing, there are big signs of progress in the Twin Cities area that continues on. The Twin Cities region remains robust economically and continues to be in the top tier nationally regarding low unemployment, wage growth, and overall desirability here. So we feel good about that. Now, if you want the written version of this podcast with more details, join our newsletter. It's called Trends with Benefits, The Dirt. And you can sign up for it at trendswithbenefitspodcast.com. I think you just joined it under the resources. I I, always, I should know this. Natalie, our producer, does all this stuff, sets us all up here, and then I'm not even – 
you know, giving out great directions. This is terrible. I'm sorry, Natalie, but I, uh, that's go to the, go to the website. It's there. You can sign up there or you can go to vincentre.com. Look around there, learn about us. And under, under the um, resources there as well, I think you can join the newsletter couple other websites just to keep in mind where you can learn about us ryanlitfin.com dalecreedfrancis.com where you can learn about us in more detail and just keep up with us in general so we look forward to uh, having you join us on the next trends with benefits podcast take care till then we look forward to talking to you soon learn more about vincent companies and the trends with benefits podcast at vincentre.com or trendswithbenefitspodcast.com. You can also give us a call at 612-424-8650 or submit questions at info at vincentre.com. And we really look forward to meeting you soon.